when I grow up, know that I'll make my own mistakes. And if I slip up, please. From the Financial Times in London, I'm Darren Dodd, and this is FT News. We've just heard a clip from Need Somebody by the singer BT Wolf, who wrote the song about the power of music to help people with dementia. But what is it about music that has proved so effective in improving the lives of people suffering from this isolating disease? In the studio today, we have Sally Bell, a research fellow from International Longevity Centre UK and one of the authors of a report into this subject, and Sarah Metcalf from Playlist for Life, one of the groups involved in putting some of these ideas into practice. So Sally, if we can start with you, can you tell us a little bit about the origins of the Commission and share some of the main findings of the report with us? ILC UK have been interested in the topic of dementia for quite some years now and the Utley Foundation has been key in funding different work in this area. So we decided to work together to set up a commission on dementia and music back in July 2017 and we really wanted to explore the important role of music-based interventions in the prevention, care and quality of life for people with dementia. And We want to understand better the ecosystem provision that was currently in place. So we undertook a literature review, we held oral evidence sessions in the House of Lords and we issued a call for written evidence to hear from experts in the field as well to really explore the topic in more detail. Can you explain some of the key benefits that the report highlights? So the report highlights that um, music has a range of different benefits for a person living with dementia and there's a lot of research to back this up. For example, we found that music can help to alleviate some of the behavioural and psychological symptoms of dementia. So that's things like agitation, wandering, And as a result, it's also been shown that it can help to reduce the need for reliance on antipsychotic drugs. We've been hearing a lot in the news recently about how doctors have suggested that we reduce the use of those. So that's really important. We've also seen that it can help to tackle anxiety and depression, which is often overlooked as a condition for people with dementia, and improve well-being, not just for the person with dementia, but also for their carer. And tell us a little bit about the science. There's some interesting science behind this as well. So as a part of the literature review, we looked at some neuroscientific studies which have been undertaken recently into the topic. And there was a very interesting paper by Jacobson et al. in 2015, which basically looked at the brain as a whole. And they tried to find out which parts of the brain were most involved in the retention of musical memory. And then once they found those parts of the brain, they mapped that against a brain that has Alzheimer's and found that there's quite a considerable overlap between the parts of the brain most involved in musical memory and the parts of the brain relatively spared by Alzheimer's disease. So that provides us with a really interesting key into part of the reason why music might be so powerful for people with dementia. And Sarah, just on the practical side, can you tell us a little bit about the types of music intervention that are being used? I think one of the things uncovered by the report was just the sheer range of musical interventions that are available for people with dementia. There are live musicians like Beatty Wolf who went into care homes and sang to people who were there to really amazing response, like singing for the brain choirs that run all over the country where people with the condition and their carers can go along and sing songs together and really socialise. There's pure music therapy which is proven to help people with the disease And there is something as simple as learning an instrument can really be something that people with dementia start to do in later life. 
And I think one of the things that really came out of the report was just how many things there are available, including playlist use, which is what we do at yes, Playlist for Life. about Playlist for Life. How does that work? Playlist for Life is a UK charity and we are about supporting and promoting the use of the soundtrack of a person's life. I think everybody in this room and everybody listening will have songs that whenever they hear them, they give them a sort of flashback feeling and take you back to another time, person or place. And what we do at Playlist for Life is teach people music detective skills so they can find the right music for a person with dementia. And that feeling, that flashback feeling, means that music is deeply rooted to people's emotions and people's memories and can connect with people just by listening to it, even if they're very far into the disease. And Sally, just go back. So this research is just the start of a campaign. What's happening next? So some of the main recommendations that came out of the report highlighted that whilst there's already quite a lot of work in this field, as Sarah just mentioned, quite a lot of this is disparate at the moment and a lot of organisations are doing really great work but aren't necessarily connected up with each other. And so one thing that we really wanted to encourage was better communication and coordination between those different types of provision and also raising public awareness because I think there's a lot of people out there including carers or loved ones of people with dementia who just aren't aware that this can be such a powerful thing for their loved ones so raising awareness is a really big part of that but what the Artley Foundation have been very keen to do has been to support an ambassador for music and dementia who can take this work forwards, who can have an ear to the ground in terms of policy, but also in terms of how this field of work can best be progressed. And that that ambassador can head up a task force as well, who can continue some of the work that we've already been doing in terms of identifying what's already available, summarising the best evidence available and pushing for transformational change. with The goal of every person living with dementia being able to access music by 2020. And are you quite hopeful that the government might take up some of these ideas? I think so. We've had a really great reception to the report so far. As I mentioned, there's so many organisations in this field who are really passionate about change. And I think what's really powerful about this particular topic is that it's something that people can do with relative ease. I mean, those music detective skills that we were talking about earlier, it's something really proactive that a lot of people can get on board with. But aside from that, a lot of communities have orchestras or choirs already in place. We can leverage those sorts of capabilities to support people with dementia and charities across the country. In terms of the government, I think that there's some really fantastic opportunities already in place. So I know that some personal budgets are already being used for this kind of work. We want to emphasise that that can be increasingly the case and that people should be able to have access to this sort of provision. But it's not necessarily that we're just calling on the government. As I mentioned, this is really about calling for transformational change across many different sectors. We'd be keen to work in collaboration with some industry and legal professions to remove some of the barriers that currently exist in terms of coming up with more creative solutions to accessing music. So some of the practical barriers, such as lack of adequate internet access to playlists or legal barriers like music copyright issues, and also making playlists available for multiple users in care home settings, so licensing issues. There's lots of different sectors that can be involved in this work. And we're really passionate to bring those all together and take this forwards. Oh. I think, Sarah, you were saying, I think in Scotland, some even GPs are actually taking up the idea already. Yeah, in Scotland, where we're based at the moment, although we operate across the whole of the UK, in one care home, there was a woman who was on regular sedation, but through the use of her playlist, she was actually weaned off it completely. And the GP was so impressed that he prescribed it now to eight other residents. And I think that the challenge that faces us all who are in this ecosystem is really to get to the point where 
as soon as you hear the word dementia, we need as a society to think, have you tried music? Because music is neurologically special and that that's why all these different interventions are emerging and that's what we all need to know. And personally, I think everybody should start by discovering their playlist. We've got an app available, the Playlist for Life app they can get to get them started, teach them some music detective skills. We can give information and support so that we do get to the point where people have tapped into the power that the soundtrack of their own lives has to help make living with the disease easier and happier. Is this a uniquely British initiative or are there some examples in other countries as well? I think what's really interesting actually is that it is beginning to spring up all over the world. There is a very famous film called Alive Inside which you can watch on Netflix which is about an American charity called Music and Memory. They're doing it in America. They're beginning to do it in Holland. I've heard of a few people beginning to do it in Holland. We quite often have communications with people from Australia and New Zealand and I think what the ILC UK and the Utley Foundation are spearheading, they're giving a focus to something that is genuinely beginning to come from the ground up and it's about harnessing all of the knowledge, all of the skills, all of the expertise to really take this very simple thing and make a transformational difference to the way we approach this really frightening disease. It needn't be frightening. Music can help. It can help make life easier and happier. Sally and Sarah, thank you very much for coming in today. We'll play out with a few more lines from BT Wolf. We'll put the links to the report at the bottom of this podcast. And remember to go to ft.com slash health for more health stories and sign up for your free weekly health briefing. Darling, oh, if I stray from the one that you love. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.